have nothing to do? Wanna have some fun? 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 Hello and welcome. This is our first podcast, our prototype of the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, my name is Dana and uh, I'm the dad in the Happy Game family. Uh, I'm sitting here with my son. I'm Noah and I'm the son in the Happy Game family podcast. And uh, we're going to be recording this podcast uh, I guess, you know, if we like it, we'll be doing it pretty regularly, and, uh, I, you know, this was my idea, uh, to do a podcast to my family, I know a lot of family podcasts out there are for, you know, deciding whether content in a game is good for your family, yeah. or for, uh, ratings and stuff, mm-hmm. that's not really what I was thinking about doing with this podcast, because I like to listen to a lot of gaming podcasts that are about, um, just, you know, the games that are, people are playing and what they think about them. And, and those always seem to be, you know, groups of young folks making those. And I, I thought it'd be interesting to do that perspective uh, from a family perspective, right? Yeah. So, um, so Noah, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell me, you remember what your first, what do you, do you have any early memories, your first memories of gaming? First or? memories. Probably on the Nintendo 64, like, um, Banjo-Kazooie, probably, or Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, I can remember you would, uh, oh, Banjo-Kazooie especially, I can remember that game on Nintendo 64, all you needed to do to delete your saved game was was press the trigger uh, at the menu and, and then hit A button after that, and that game was huge, and I can remember when you were first, uh, playing around with it, I would be all frustrated because I'd come back to play and I'd be all wiped out. I'd, I'd boot it up and there all the save slots would be empty. I'd be, Noah, my game! Yeah. But you got better. <laughs> so, uh, um, so this is just the intro right here, you know. My start with games, I've, I, I've been playing games, you know, since I was probably the same age that you started playing games. Um, you're, you're 12 right now, I'm 38. Uh, but I, you started playing games, I don't know, four or five, pretty yeah, young. Yeah, like four. Yeah. Um, and it was probably not that young. I was probably seven or eight, and my parents probably started us out with, uh, I mean, the first thing I remember is Pong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, at my, um, at my grandma's house, they had, oh. you know, all they had was a box that all it did was <laughs> Pong. That was all you got out of it. Yeah. And then the first console i remember getting was uh console modern console with like cartridges you could take in and out uh uh, was called a rca studio 2 what a crazy old video game! it was all black and white Mm -hmm. and it came with like six games built in it was like bowling and and pong and a different kind of pong with just a wall (laughs) on one player pong (laughs) and uh uh math you know math game because it had it had keyboards. Oh. Uh, it on the console. It had two keyboards that were basically number pads, ten key number pads, mm. number one through zero, 
And those were the controllers. So you want to go up in Pong, you're, you're pushing 2. You want to go down, you're pushing 8. Um, and the console didn't even have... It didn't even put out sound through the TV. It um, it did its own... Put out its own sound? Yeah, it had a system? speaker right in the system huh. for bleeps and bloops. So you'd be looking at the TV over there where you're playing. The system's like... Beeping right in front yeah. of you where you're... Where yeah. You're, yeah. And that had exchangeable... I still have it packed it's away. It's kind of like the Wii, like the remotes, they... Um, oh, with the, the speakers yeah, in there? Yeah, sometimes they make the sounds. Yeah, I hear uh, they're starting to use that really interesting... I hear it's in the um, Silent Hill game they just put out. They, mm-hmm. The remake, yeah. Shattered Memories, that they do some interesting stuff for that. Because in that game... Uh, your map and everything is through your cell phone, oh. and, and so you're always listening to clues. Or I gotta pick it up sometime yeah. when I get a chance. Um, and then you know I've been playing games to, to go on my intro of games. Uh, went from Atari Twenty Six Hundred, which I used to play with my parents a little bit, hmm. um, and on and on, just never stopped. Kept playing games. One thing is kind of similar between us. Uh, you you're doing some stuff now with a computer, yeah. uh, putting together your own little uh, project. I mean, tell me a little bit about what you're working with. Well, like, cause um, I use this program called Blender. So, what's it called? Blender. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it has its own game engine, so you can like set up, set it up so that when you press the forward arrow key, it moves forward, and you'll. I kind of just like mess around with making a little game, and mm-hmm. sometime I'm probably gonna make a cool one and you know post it on the internet. That's cool. Let's see, well, I uh, I yeah. I can remember when my parents got me a computer. Uh, they got me a Commodore sixty four back in the Uh-oh. day, and that used to come with games that were made for you to make games on. There was one called a arcade game construction kit, huh. and. Uh, pinball construction set and shoot 'em up construction kit but yeah. i even went further than that and learned some of the commodore basic programming language mm-hmm. enough oh. to build like a, a front end and some sprites and stuff mm-hmm. for a game but then when it came to actually programming the game logic uh i, I kind of didn't get any further with that uh and that kind of informs what I do uh, or have done for a living with graphics, you know, more than programming. So, so uh, you're you're kind of learning both, huh? The graphics and the programming with the Blender. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is our intro, our start to our prototype uh, podcast, and uh, we're gonna break it up into segments where I we've got a number of people in our family who play games. We we like to think of ourselves as a pretty normal family uh in terms of gaming you know uh maybe sometimes uh a little permissive compared to some other families <laughs> that uh, would really limit whether you at, at 12 would be able to play a rated t or a rated m game and uh our approach as parenting has been you know more to let kids uh play stuff outside of their ratings you know but we've been there to talk with them about their experiences on these games and to make sure that they don't, you know, end up, want to grow up to be terrorists or anything yeah. like that. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is just the intro segment. We'll be back in just a little bit uh, talking with uh, my daughter, Sabrina, and uh, her experience 
uh, in gaming as well. So thanks for joining us on the Happy Game Family Go podcast. And Noah, thank you for helping me with the intro. You're welcome. All right. Cool. Very good. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure I really like my title. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of dumb, but... <laughs> it's okay. I'm sitting here with my daughter, Sabrina. Sabrina's is 13 going on 14. Uh, Hello. And uh, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, Sabrina, and, you know, your earliest uh, gaming memories. And... Well, my I remember... The first, I'm not sure this was the first game I ever played, but I remember on the Nintendo 64, mm -hmm. I would always want my dad and mom to play Mario for me. I, w I wouldn't want to play it myself, but I would want my dad or mom to play it. And mm -hmm. then I also remember, uh, my, I always wanted to play, my mom to play this, the Tomb Raider game. Oh, something. that's right. You used to and call it the mommy the, game. Cause, yeah, because, um. The chick looked like my mom. Looked like my mom. So yeah, yeah. Your mom is a pretty woman. Yeah. 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 That's when she had long hair too. So. Yeah, yeah. The ponytail yeah. was really what reminded. I remember. I have a funny memory about that because uh, you would want us to fire up. Uh, eventually, you got so you wanted to play Tomb Raider yourself and just wander around her oh, mansion. Yeah. I remember but that. But you hated the butler. Oh yeah. Because he would follow <laughs> you around. <laughs> I lock him in the uh, freezer. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. he won't follow me anymore. You were uh, you got you're the one who got your mom used to playing with a, a analog stick on the Nintendo sixty four because she used to just put on Mario you know the attract mode of it. Yeah. But that wasn't good enough for you you know because you it would repeat frequently and show you the same things and you wanted yeah. to it was like watching a cartoon for you watching Mario sixty four. Mm -hmm. See, that's probably... Oh, sorry. Oh, you good. That's probably um, one re main reason why I like The Sims. Mm hmm Is because, like, with the Tomb Raider game, mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted, like, control. Like, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but mm -hmm. that's, just, you know... You just wanted yeah. to... Uh, well, I noticed you also, I mean, even though the Tomb Raider offered... Uh, a section where she would, could be all gymnastic or you could go into the caves yeah. on her big adventure. You mostly wanted to play what she was doing around the house. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, you know, you wanted to play scenarios that weren't necessarily what the game wanted you to do, but you would just use its framework to, yeah. to use your imagination and play what you wanted. I remember actually um, that you wanted to do the same thing with Grand Theft Auto, yeah, actually. <laughs> you would uh, have me boot up Vice City and put in a cheat code to switch to the female character. And then, you know, contrary to all the parents that are worried about younger kids playing Grand Theft Auto, you would, the first, at first, you weren't interested in violence or you would obey the traffic signals yeah. and stop and pretend <laughs> you were going to the store and things like yeah, that. Yeah, go you know. get a haircut. And... and every time I'd try to find a game that wouldn't allow you to you know, do the kind of violence that was possible in Grand Theft Auto. None of them were open world enough for you to feel like you were yeah. going to get a haircut or so, you know, but it was, it was nice because you weren't, 
your first exposure to Grand Theft Auto wasn't about how much you wanted to dive into its violence. You just liked that it had an open yeah, world you could I play could, around in. Because for some reason, I've always wanted a game where I could just control when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Just like I, that's always that's the thing that always made me mad about The Sims is that they would have cars and stuff, but I wouldn't be able to control their driving. Is that still true on The Sims yeah, 3? Yeah, you uh, just watch them drive. You don't get a control their driving. Is there a driving skill that you build up? No. On the, oh, boy. They, yeah. Everybody drives the same on The yeah. Sims 3. Huh? Well, so uh, The Sims was also one of the big games that you were into. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experiences playing The Sims. I remember my first experience playing The Sims was when my mom got it for her birthday. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I played it on the Mac, and I... I remember that with the kids, whenever I would have a kid, it would just be like some random kid. It wouldn't look like my parent, the parents. Mm-hmm. And so there, there'd be like maybe like ten kids that you could get a possible choice out of, and you couldn't like choose which one you wanted, right? Unless you made your Sims. But if you just had a baby, then it would just be some random Sim. And there's this one particular Sim, kid Sim that I liked, and um, so I. If I didn't get that kid sim, then I would kill my other kids that I had. I would just be like, oh, no, this kid's ugly. And I'd burn it in a fire or drown it or lock it in a room and starve it. And oh, man, everybody did that with The Sims, though. Yeah. Because in The Sims, you just couldn't really do much. I mean, there just wasn't... There was, you could still have freedom and stuff, but you just, like, I don't know. It's, just, it's different from The Sims 2 and The Sims 3. Yeah, the first one, especially. Yeah. yeah. And two and three aren't as different from each other, though. Yeah, with the second one, and you can't, you pretty much are just mainly in your house. Mm-hmm. You can go to other places, but you can't just walk out of the house. Like, if the park is right across from your house, you would have to drive there or mm-hmm. something. You couldn't just walk there. Yeah. And in The Sims 3, if the park is right across from your house, then you could just walk out your house and just walk, run over there. Huh. You wouldn't have to, it wouldn't just go to some screen, then you wouldn't just get in your car, and then it would go to some screen for a few seconds, then you'd be at the park. So you get the full world experience yeah. out of, oh, that's cool. And uh, so uh, when did when did we get you The Sims 3 again? It was your birthday this yeah. last year, right? We didn't, I didn't get it on my birthday because it hadn't come out yet, but right. you pre-ordered it. So. Didn't come out till June or something. Right? Yeah. And uh, for Christmas here, we just got uh, Sims 3 World Adventures, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And so, tell, tell the folks what you think about that one a little bit. I like it, because um, you get to do more stuff. Like, they have France, Egypt, and China. Mm-hmm. So, like, in China, you can learn uh, martial arts, like Kung Fu or something. And they have different kinds of foods you can try there. Mm-hmm. And then you can learn how to make that. And then in Egypt... You don't really get learning skills from there, but you can go on adventures and tomb in like pyramids and tombs and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, then you get like visa points for that, so you could take a longer vacation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then in France, there's not really any any skills you can learn there. Oh, well, you can learn um, how to make wine or something like by stomping on grapes, or something <laughs> like that. That's funny. Yeah. And then they also have kind of the same thing as Egypt, where you can go on adventures. They have the adventure thing in all of the worlds. Oh, that's cool. So what do you think it is about The Sims that appeals to you and appeals to 
I mean, The Sims is well known as a as a, a game franchise that appeals to girls. It's kind of mm-hmm. stretched the boundaries of who plays games, gotten moms and girls interested, you know, uh, more. Uh, not that there aren't uh, moms and girls interested in all kinds of games out there, but it's one of the ones that's kind of branched out. What do you think it is that appeals to girls about The Sims? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. I was trying, my friend Hannah had never played it before, and I was trying to tell her about it, but I really just told her to just play it, because she thought when I was playing it, it looked boring. Mm -hmm. So then um, she finally played it, and I couldn't get her off the computer. She was so (laughs) addicted to it. It's just something about it. It's just really addicting, because you can just build your sim up, you can get them married and have them have kids, make them have kids, and... You can have them have a job, make them have a job, mm-hmm. and, you know, they can build their job up so they're, like, the president or something. And, right. Um, so, that's pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. Um, well, so, that isn't actually the only type of game, you know, that you've been interested in. You've been playing uh, more... Uh... Oh, before we talk about that, we were going to tell uh, the people about your, your misadventure with The oh, Sims. Yeah. On the Sims 3, so on the Sims 3 website, I went to it, and they have this kind of, like, this news thing, mm-hmm. and um, one of it was this beta world tool thing, Right. so you can make your own t- world. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded that, and I opened it up, and it was really confusing, it was, I didn't even, like, know what I was doing, mm-hmm. so then I just closed out of it, and didn't really, I didn't, like, bother to delete it or anything, so then, um... It, like, affected my game, like, saving or something. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't let me save my game. Yeah. So then I just, I didn't do, I just had my dad do something. I don't know what he did, but. Well, I, uh, I, um, I went in and tried to save your, your, your rescue your saved game and did some web searches and found out that, because you were trying to save and it would freeze on, yeah. and say, can't save because of error code 12. Or, yeah. Something like that, and read up on it. I found a lot of people who were having that problem, uh, and it recommended. You know, it said that The Sims automatically saves like a backup of your your saved game, but uh, we couldn't get that working either. And so uh, I don't know if it was related to the world tour or just some other glitch that had something to do with some Trojan horse pretending to be a virus software thing that we had uh, at about the same time, um, but you ended up losing like a month and a half worth of your Sims 3 uh, efforts, which is, you know, for me to read about that problem on the internet and so many people complaining about it, they really should work on that. Uh, I don't know if it's the world builder or, you know, world adventures came out really fast after just Mm -hmm. only six months after the first Sims 3 came out. Like maybe about five, because it came out in November and the Sims 3 came out in June. So, so, uh, they really need to make sure they lock that down and patch that thing, uh, because people get really attached to their save. Yeah. It's not just—it's not like just an action game where you know, oh, I'll, fine, I'll just use a cheat code and get back yeah. to level five. You have customized mm-hmm. stuff. You build up your life pretty yeah. much in Sims. So you were really bummed to lose that. I was sad that yeah. I couldn't computer hero a better result. But I got it all back up, and mm-hmm. my Sims. They're all back to their jobs and stuff, like nothing ever happened. Great, great. Well, we're going to just take a quick break because we also want to make sure that we, we save this. We had our garage band uh, crash and we lost a little bit of conversation. So we want to make sure we can save this and then come back and continue doing some more. 
and we'll talk about some of the other games you're playing, okay? All right. Cool, cool. Uh, and so join us in, again in just a moment with the uh, Happy Game Family Go podcast. Welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, here also uh, again with Sabrina here. Uh, after our break, uh, when we talked about some of her earlier experiences with games and her current Sims 3 experience, you've also had a new uh, development in gameplay uh, branching out a little bit, haven't you? Yeah. What What um, is that all about? Well, me and my friend Hannah, we first started, um, I don't know where we got the idea to play this game, but... We wanted to play this game, Obscure, mm -hmm. um, and I remember I had played it with my cousin and my dad mm -hmm. and you before, Yeah. so then um, Hannah and I started playing it on two-player, and we got really got into it. Because it's one of the few uh, horror games that has like a two-player yeah. co-op mode. Yeah, so then we got pretty far into it, but then there was this one part where just we were just really got really frustrated, we kept dying, so... We just gave up and went on to Obscure the Aftermath, mm -hmm. the second one. Right. And that one, I mainly watched Hannah play throughout mm -hmm. it, except for at boss levels, I joined in and helped her out. Because can you drop in and out as one yeah. of the characters? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then in some like levels, I would help her out in and stuff, but mm -hmm. she mainly played it through. But uh, it was a really interesting game, and... It wasn't just like scary, like it, you. There would be um, puzzles, and you'd have to figure out to get into the next room or unlock a door. Or, and then if you did unlock those, then like sometimes like monsters would come out and stuff. And mm -hmm. so it was pretty scary and really suspenseful. Right. There, there would be like mon monsters would be making noises, even though there wouldn't be any monsters near you. Yeah. So then that would kind of freak you out, and um. And some parts we would have to walk, watch walkthroughs, because mm -hmm. some of the parts just I didn't even get. Yeah. And really, it was really hard to figure out sometimes. But well, you guys, uh, you guys finished that one then, right? Yeah. Well, you always had kind of an interest in in like horror horror games. I can remember, uh, you know, uh, not that I would play the scariest parts of everything in front of you when you were super young, but as as you got to have an interest in horror movies. Um, I would, you know, show you that I had plenty of horror games in my library, and the one that you always had a lot of interest in was Silent Hill 3, because that yeah. was a female, uh, I assumed because that was a female hero in that one, more than, more than some of the other ones, uh, and so you're still playing horror games now, right? Yeah, I've tried a few, I've tried, uh, Fatal Frame, is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, Fatal Frame 2. Yeah. And uh, Resident Evil Four and Five. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of gone more interested in Resident Evil Five mm -hmm. more than Resident Evil Four. But I've also tried playing Silent Hill Three. Right, right. And the game I've really just been playing it was is Resident Evil Five. Yeah, well, because you started that with Hannah on co-op, yeah. also, right? Yeah. Well, so uh, what do you think? It. I mean, I've kind of known a lot of girls that have had interest, especially in their teenage years, in horror movies and things, uh, and horror games seem like a... Well, first of all, tell me what you think, uh, 
compare horror games and horror movies. Well, What's the difference? With movies, they're so, like, horror movies, they're so pretty scary. Mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie, but just with the games, you're just, you're actually playing. Mm -hmm. You're actually the one that will move around and will, like, have to kill the monster or whatever. And, and in the movie, you'll just, like, it's it's hard to explain. You'll just have to see if that person lives or dies and then this one you're and then and games you're just you're the one that's controlling it right so, so it's kind of like you can't sit back yeah. and just you know be suspensefully taken through yeah. the door you have to do it yeah you have exactly. to open the scary door yeah the scary door <laughs> <laughs> well um so between Resident Evil 4 you played that on the Wii right yeah and Resident Evil 5 what what do you think are the uh, strengths and differences. I know you didn't fi finish either one just yeah. yet, but uh, just based on your impressions. Well, with Resident Evil 5, with like the controls, the mm -hmm. shooting is the same as in Obscure 2. Oh, yeah? So then it's, I'm kind of more used to it than on the Wii. Right. And then, um, I don't know, it just also in Resident Evil 5 has really good graphics. Yeah, yeah, on my, and, on my TV yeah. in here, yeah. The PlayStation 3 and the graphics are still pretty good on the Wii and with the Resident Evil 4, but I don't know, it's just, I haven't really gotten much progress in either of them, so, but the controls are definitely a lot better on. Are you going to, do you think you're going to play both of them still, or just yeah. give up one, or? I think I'll try playing Resident Evil 5 through first, because uh -huh. since Josh is on Yeah, he's playing Resident, number four yeah. on the Wii now. We'll get, we'll bring in Josh, he's a... Uh, He's my nephew and your cousin. We'll bring him in uh, and talk with him a little bit about Resident Evil 4. But I did want to mention, since you mentioned that, if you liked the uh, gun shooting better in the uh, Resident Evil 5 for PS3, I should have you try the GameCube version mm. of Resident Evil 4 because that's the same kind of uh, yeah. control scheme that you might be used to. And uh, I've got that one, too. You can also yeah. play that one. I'm kind of a Resident Evil freak, so I got, they put it out for GameCube, and I bought that, and then they put it out for Wii, and I bought that, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, so, uh, you think that, uh, because your mom and I have been permissive parents and let you see horror movies at a younger age, that it's done anything bad to you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to become, like, some terrorist and kill everybody, or... No, not nothing like that, but just that kind of stuff is interesting because it, not the terrorist stuff, but like the Resident Evil stuff, because that kind of stuff can't really happen mm -hmm. in real life. And with Obscure, that there isn't monsters that like students turn into or right. students, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to play that or watch that because you know it can't really happen in real life. So yeah. Well, they say that monsters uh, for people end up being kind of their encapsulation, their their way to make into a physical form their fears. You know, we all yeah. have fears in our world. Terrorism, getting blown up. I mean, obviously it's all over the news that everybody's afraid of. And so it's kind of nice to take fear, make it into a, a physical form that you still don't know is real and deal with it in that way. That's always been my... My feeling about mm -hmm. horror games and horror movies. Uh, but even still, I always wondered sometimes, I mean, 
because uh, you wanted to see so many horror movies early on. And yeah. I always figured, you know, as long as I was talking with you about it, you know, didn't just put it on and leave the room, you know, mm-hmm. that that at least, you know, if something really bothered you, I could know and turn it off right away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would suppose it probably compared to a lot of parents, you know, we've seen a lot of R-rated movies and played mm-hmm. a lot of mature rated games, so... Make sure you don't turn out crazy and make me make me ashamed of myself. Uh, okay, well we're gonna take another quick break because we're gonna be bringing in uh, uh, Josh. As we mentioned, he's he's burning through Resident Evil Four downstairs as we speak, uh, and maybe you guys can talk about uh, the Resident Evil games a little bit, and then we'll bring in uh, Josh's mom, Sarah, my sister-in-law. And they can talk about uh, some of their game experiences a little bit too. Okay. Cool. cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. back uh to our next segment on uh happy game family goal podcast um our prototype episode now we got in here we got josh my nephew uh and the cousin of my children i guess that goes without saying um and josh you're you're 13 also right yes okay good good uh, why don't you tell us about your what's your earliest memories of playing video games josh do you remember um, how you got started Probably just playing PlayStation 1 at my daycare. Oh, yeah? In elementary school. What kind of game? Uh, just stuff like, um, any, any kid's game that was there at daycare would pretty much play. Oh, yeah? yeah? Do you have any particular game you remember first, like, appealing to you? No. Okay. Oh, like Donkey Kong all the time or something? And Crash. Donkey Kong on, uh... Uh, Nintendo 64? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? And Crash yeah. Bandicoot? Yeah. Cool. What are you playing now, man? Resident Evil 4. Yeah? And you're pretty far through it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a little more than halfway done. You think? 15 hours was the counter. I think you're probably getting pretty close. Yeah. That's cool. What uh, what what do you like about it? Uh, I like how it's just... it. The whole game through it keeps you on your toes, and you don't have to pay attention to the entire game. Mm-hmm. You can't just slack off. Yeah. yeah. What about, uh, uh, you think the Wii controls particularly appealed to you on it, or do you think you'd like it with a stick? Sabrina's been playing Resident Evil 5 a little bit, and that takes uh, stick aiming. You use the right stick to move your aim, or aim reticule around. Uh, I think that I like the Wii, because it... Like, you aim with your hands, and it's more point instead of just scroll a stick. Mm-hmm. Well, we just tried it out with the Wii Zapper, though, and yeah. that wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. No. Well, maybe sometime we'll have to try uh, House of the Dead Yeah. with the Zapper and see how that is. So, uh, you also, you got an Xbox 360 for Christmas, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, what, what was the big game that you were looking forward to on that one? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Yeah? Yeah. Are you sick of it or what? No. I'm not sick of it. I'm just taking a little break from it. Yeah? You were pretty hot and heavy on the online multiplayer Call of Duty. Yeah. What would you think of it? 
I like it. It's fun and it's none of it. It's the same maps, but there's so much new stuff to do in the game, like unlock new weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, so you like the uh, online multiplayer better than the single player on it? Yeah, I like online. The campaign is pretty good, but I like the multiplayer online better than just sitting by yourself playing just a map that's already set up so it knows exactly how it's going to run through. Did you play the the first Modern Warfare online? Yeah, I played the first Modern Warfare online. That was PS3 though, right? Yeah, I played that one on PlayStation 3. Which do you like better for online playing? I think I like this one better because there's just a bigger selection of weapons and more maps. Is your preference mostly about the game being different, or is it about, like, PS3 online versus 360? Um, well, they're basically the same experience, except that Xbox has a lot more players than PlayStation 3. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A lot more people to play with, huh? Yeah. And when you get online, there's always a game going on. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, did you play the single player all the way through on... Yeah, I played on, on both Modern Warfare's. Was it one better than the other? Um, they were basically the same thing, just it continued from the first one into the second one. So, it was like just playing one big campaign. Huh. So there was a controversial scene in the second one about the the airport massacre terrorist. Because I remember, I only played the single player on the first one, and they had a controversial scene about, um, uh... It was the uh, nuclear bomb going off that killed the marine. Oh yeah. And you were, cra- I mean, basically played a scene crawling on the ground while the guy like nuked and died. Yeah. But uh, number two's gotten a lot of controversy. I think they they tried to ban it in Australia and some of the other countries that are. Do you, Do you think there's anything they need to be worried about with that scene, or is there any? I don't think so because there's so many people that play it and like it that. I just don't think they have anything to worry about because people are just going to keep on playing it. And there's an option to skip that level if you don't want to play it. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. That's cool. Well, uh, our kitty's running in and out of the room as we're going. Sabrina, did you want to say anything about uh, the Resident Evil experience? Let him know what he can look forward to with 5 when he beats number 4? Well... And Resident Evil 5, it's like the same thing that with the people mm-hmm. having the parasites in them. Yeah. But it's in Africa, and they're like kind of more like scary, I uh-huh. guess, or something. And, um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I, I think we can wrap that segment up. We'll come back. We have Josh, and we'll talk with your mom. Uh, also, Josh, because you guys are also big into the Facebook game, uh, the biggest one that is on Facebook right now, which is Farmville, uh, and maybe then we can talk about the game that we just first fired up last night, the Friends, oh, yeah. the one with all the trivia games. So we're gonna we're gonna take a break now, and we're gonna get ourselves something to eat uh, at the Sweet Tomato, which ought to be pretty yummy, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, finish recording some segments. Um, so thanks for joining us on the Happy Game Family Goal Podcast. Alright. No, no, we got it. This is live. It's 
John Memorex. Okay, we're back with the um, Happy Game Family Go podcast, which is my stupid title for my podcast. Happy Go Family. Happy Game Family Go. I added the go. It's not in the title bar there. Anyway. Um, is anyone actually listening to this? I don't. We won't know until we put it online. Look at our hits and mm. see how it works. Um, I'm here. This is Dana still, and I've got with me. I've got Josh, who we just heard from. Josh, how are you? I'm good. Did you have a good meal with the, the sweet tomatoes? I did. Excellent. And we also have Josh's mother, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. And uh, Sarah is my sister-in-law. And uh, the reason I've asked them specifically to help me out is these are my two experts in the family. On uh, on oh, they're conspiring some sort of prank. I'll just delete. No, it's not a prank. Okay. Um, they're my two experts on Facebook games on the uh, Happy Game Family Go podcast. Facebook has 300 million users, and as Josh and I had an argument the other day, that's the largest video game platform in the world now, more than Xbox, which is what? How many was that? 30 million installed? Yeah. So um, me on Facebook, I played a little Mafia Wars, but I kind of got bored of it. Uh, so I haven't really tried Farmville at all. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about Farmville? Um, basically, you just have your farm. You can expand it, and you just plant crops every day. And depending on how long it takes for them to harvest, you just go back and harvest them and make your money. There's animals and different things like that. So you, do you, like, lay it out? Is there, you get a map, or...? You have a plot you of land. Plot. Yeah, you have an upper view perspective on your farm. Mm -hmm. oh, did either of you guys play Mafia Wars at all? No. Not at all? No. Nope. Uh-uh. Oh, because there was nothing... I mean, all you did was pick stuff out of a menu for that. There was no location. So you guys actually yeah. can customize what your yep. farm... Yeah, you have your farm and you can design it however you want. What do you, uh, what do you get to plant on your farm? Any type of crops, pretty much. Like, it's not the most realistic game because you can plant pineapples in the ground. They don't, they don't grow on trees. Yeah. Oh. Do pineapples grow in the ground or on no, trees? No, they grow on trees. Okay. Well, Farmville is put out by uh, uh, Zynga, the same people that do Mafia Wars. And they have a... On Mafia Wars, you can buy Godfather points with real money that'll boost your guy or get you things. So can you can spend real money yes. on Farmville, too, right? Yep. If you want to, you can. Well, I know Noah talked me into a $5 uh, expenditure on it once. And uh, what did you play? A total of 15 minutes after that, and then you were done? I played about, um, like, three hours. Total? Bought my dairy farm, and then... That's not a good deal for $5. <laughs> it was a, it was a I think most people keep playing a little bit longer, but, yeah, I mean, $5 doesn't get you too far. But it's, it's it's like a lot of the other Facebook games that uh, it's either money you spend or it's time, right? Right. Yeah, I've never spent any money on my farm. Yeah. So So you just spend time and mm -hmm. spending time can get you the same thing as spending money, right? Eventually, there's some stuff that if you want stuff quicker, you have to spend money, but... I'm sorry I just throw your phone at my son to make him shut up over there, but... Oh, that's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how long have you been playing the Farmville? Um, since, like, the end of September, so... Three and a half months. Do you, do you level up? Is there mm -hmm. a... You level up. 
goes up to level 70. And I think I'm at like level 32. Wow, so even three and a half months, a lot of play, it takes a long time to get up It takes a to... long time. Huh. Yeah. What happens, how do you win? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever win. I don't you know You don't if it really ends. win, it's just, it's kind of a pointless game, you just plant crops, you go back to it every day. It's but huge. More, people, loads of people As you level up, then you have more options of what you can buy, what crops you can plant. Yeah. And like and a lot of the you Facebook, can, you can share your... your yeah, you can send spoils. people gifts and stuff like that. You know, they have special things for the holidays that you can give as gifts to people and it's, things you can buy for your farm. You can decorate it for Christmas. And Is there, like, anything skill-based, like... Can you run your farm better than other people so that it gets you stuff more or what? Yeah, depending on what you plant. Yeah, how and how much you plant. Like some people's farms, they, all the others are just a bunch of houses and animals. Like they have like eight squares of planted land. Like mm-hmm. yeah. my farm, it has like two hundred and fifty-six squares. Yeah, he uses land. most of his land to plant crops because that's the quickest way to level up uh-huh. some people you know don't care so they don't plant as many crops they don't level up as fast it's it just depends on how you want to play it what? some people put a lot more thought into it than other people they'll have more decorations and stuff yeah like just to make it unique yeah just to make it look cool huh. and some people just care about leveling up so they have like one kind of tree like 40 different you know 40 olive trees and land plant, you know, with crops planted, and that's it. Well, so you can put money into it. Is there any? Is there any? What do you get out of it? it is there anything you can add into your Facebook or anything you can cash out of it that you get? Or is it just your coolest, biggest? Know. Yeah, you just up? end up leveling up faster. I mean, I could, I could spend money and expand my farm if I wanted to, because I don't have enough neighbors to expand my farm. Oh, see, so, Mafia Words is social like that, too. You yeah. add people to your Mafia. Yep, and I don't have enough people as neighbors, so I can't expand my farm. Ah, that's why you guys were trying to recruit me into the... the yeah. Ah, I see. Because you can have... Even if you're na- none of your neighbors actually play Farmville, just having the neighbors is good enough. Mm. You, they don't need to actually do anything. Well, did you... Uh, have you played video games much before or is this like the first thing that's really grabbed you like this this is probably the first thing I'm trying to think yeah i mean not since i was a kid i haven't really played video games huh what did you play when you were a kid uh we had atari and then super mario brothers on the original nintendo and uh, duck hunt that kind of stuff but yeah played that with uh your brother and sister mm-hmm. well yeah my brother mostly that's cool yeah Better what did Tetris a little bit? I mean, I think everyone's played like Tetris, but Game Boy or, or... Game Boy, yeah, 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 yeah. What about the? Okay, the other thing I thought we should talk about was the Friends game that we just tried. It's it's pretty cheap now. It's like a a budget game. Now I picked it up for nine bucks, but we Josh and I played some Friends, the one with all the trivia last night, and and I thought we should run through what we thought about that one. Uh, the first thing I thought is that no matter what the question was, they should give you a clip because whenever there was a like a tr- trivia question and then it was just an answer, like yeah, the clips were like the payoff. That was the part that made you right. laugh. And uh, plus, just to remind you, because 
Like a lot of it I didn't remember seeing. And we had like arguments, you know, we were like, oh, that wasn't right. You know, yeah. and without the clip, you don't have proof that it was. Yeah. Well, and then there was the one question we had that there was, I feel like, two of the answers that were right. And it was the one where Phoebe and Rachel were jogging. And it showed part of the clip and says, what happens next? Well, Phoebe runs crazy and Rachel runs into a horse. Both of those things happened. But they just used the, yeah. the one answer like it was Which, like, I mean, I guess is what happened right then, but I, I couldn't think. Well, and I think the most important thing to let people know about that game is that uh, uh, there was a, they have a drawback to how they designed it in that if you buzz in... And you're wrong. Then you lose a point. Right. And so, you know, Josh would boost up to like five points and then all the way back to zero. And I thought that was kind of mean because, I mean, you want to buzz in. I mean, right. you have to have a lot of restraint. So we ended up on like a two and a half hour yeah, marathon. Yeah, way too long. Yeah, so. Start getting, once you get to a point where you're just wishing the game to be over with is. Yeah, so buyer beware on that one. If you do play it, you might want to set it to the no buzz in. Or definitely don't play the triple strength. All right, guys. Well, I think I'll hit you up later on uh, any updates on Farmville. You let me know if it changes significantly, if they make any major updates. I know Mafia Wars, they had a lot of problems. They made changes and it oh. hurt the servers for people and blah, blah, blah a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, But it sounds like it's kind of an unchanging scene. So let me know yeah. if something changes and I'll hit you up for, for updates, okay? Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. I'm going to go clobber my kids for being unable to be quiet at all in the background. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be back after a break. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Uh, been a short time for you, been a long time for us since uh, we actually... Wrapped up our recording yesterday. We've been having a little problem with my garage band uh, crashing and, and losing some work. Yesterday was the last day of uh, of your winter. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here with Noah right now. Uh, right, Noah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yesterday was the last day of their Christmas winter break. And today everybody went back to school. So everybody might be a little tireder today. Well, we're going to still try and put some energy into it. This is going to be kind of a regular segment between Noah and me where we just kind of go through what we've been playing. Uh, with the girls, there's usually less mystery what they've been playing, but less a selection. Uh, you know, they pick their favorites and really stick to it a little bit more. Yeah, I hope they'll branch out a little more. But uh, you and I, we can go through what, what we've been playing a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you got yourself a... Um, Oh, I also wanted to mention that, that there was no need for me to clobber the kids <laughs> after the segment yesterday with Sarah. We went back and listened, and there was background noise from when Sabrina tripped you, and you went <laughs> clunk on the ground, and and from me whispering in the background. But hey, you know, it's a family podcast, and so, you know, if you hear family noise, that's that's normal. And honestly, I don't really clobber you ever, do I? No. I probably threatened to a lot, but I never do. <laughs> hey, um, so <clears throat> I was thinking you could start with uh, telling people what you've been playing on your uh, your birthday present. Telling people about your birthday present. Well, on my birthday, December third, I got an iPod Touch, and I have nine pages full of apps, but ten of them, I've got about. 
five favorite ones right here. Uh-huh. So. Tell the people what your favorite apps are so far. In the, well, first off, talk about the iPod Touch. We've got, in our family, I got it. We've got DSs and PSPs. You know, we've been playing a portable gamer. I used to ride the bus a lot to go up to work, and yeah. so I would play a lot of uh, uh, PSP and DS games doing that. And uh, when the iPod Touch first came out, I you know I wasn't sure why it would be that cool since I've been doing touchscreen gaming on the DS for a while. But yeah. let people know what's cool about the iPod Touch. Um, well, it's just, like, really easy to touch it, because it's not, like, two pieces of plastic touching each other. It's, um, what's it called again? Like, when I you I forget. Skin? It's, like, uh, I told you about the touchscreen technologies, but I don't remember what it is. It's... Yeah, like, when you touch it, though, it, um, you barely even have to touch it with your skin, and it, you know, does whatever on the app or game. And, um... Another thing I do know about it, the same thing I got on this MacBook Pro here, is it's multi-touch. So you yeah. can touch in, in two different places and it'll recognize, whereas the DS is only able to recognize one touch point at a time. Yeah, like, um, if you want to zoom in on whatever you're doing, you just put your two fingers on the screen and spread them out. Mm -hmm. And that zooms in, and if you want to zoom back out you put your fingers spread apart and you pinch them in yeah 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 cool well do you notice that much in any games any games on your list use multiple touch points at the same time uh not really except for um what's the app called the one that's like oh i know twister um yeah you don't remember no, not on my That's all right. It's not on your list of favorites. Huh? Uh -uh. That's okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted to find out a little bit specifically about. Yeah. Maybe you can come back and tell people later what that is. But uh, yeah. Why don't you tell us what your favorites are on it? Uh, well, my number one favorite is called Implode, and pretty much it's just all these buildings like set up by bricks, kind of, and you're supposed to place bombs to make the building fall apart and it's supposed to go under a dotted line and it does and you go to the next level and um yeah i saw you play that it's kind of physics based right yeah. like the the bricks join at certain junction points and you got to kind of plan out where to put your bombs so that it it uh you know what it reminds me of is red faction gorilla a yeah. little bit the way in a 2d uh, sketchbook kind of a way. Yeah. Of. Cool. Yeah, and, um, well, my second favorite game is probably, is Jelly Car, because I just like it because it's kind of like a obstacle course game, mm -hmm. except, um, you're in a car and, like, you can squeeze under, like, you can't get squished. If something squishes you, then you just can't move for a second. And then when it moves, you, um, like, you can move again. You can't really die in it unless you fall. Mm hmm And also, you can make your car big or small, and... Why is it one of your favorites? I don't know, I truly, I like obstacle course games. Yeah? Yeah, you just go through an obstacle course in each level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Well, you bought some really uh, 
it seems like you bought some really complicated 3D games on the iPod Touch, and they do them well, but it seems like you're, you're always drawn to the simpler, more cartoony 2D games on yeah. it. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. I don't really know why. I just do. Well, I remember you bought that uh, Resident Evil Degeneration on there. I'm, I'm a big Resident Evil fan, uh, and people listening to this podcast will have heard of plenty about Resident Evil already. And I still want to try and play through that, but <clears throat> same thing as I remember on the DS, trying to put a, a, a analog stick on yeah. a touchscreen, just, it's, it's just really hard to play it and feel comfortable with it. You know, maybe with more more practice, I'll, yeah. I'll feel that way. Uh, I remember on the DS, I bought this thing called the uh, Comfort Stylus. Hmm. It was this... Like, uh, stylus, basically, you know, had the same plastic tip as everything, but it was on, like, a wire that you could wrap around your thumb to oh, make... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that worked pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it was a good replacement for the, uh, pencil eraser taped to my thumb that I had been using before yeah. that so I could play Super Mario 64 DS without <laughs> hating it, you know what I mean? I know. Well, what else on the uh, iPod are you playing? Anything else big? Um, one of them is paper toss. Pretty much you throw <laughs> balls of paper into a trash can, but it sounds pretty stupid, but it's really fun. Because <laughs> in, the, in the clip we lost, I was making fun of you and how we got to have $100 hardware to, to enjoy throwing uh, the challenge of trying to throw a ball of paper into a trash can now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what is it about the paper toss? application that uh, you like i just like it because there's like different wind speeds and you know in real life through a piece of paper it would just pretty much you would do it over and over again exactly the same but with paper toss every time there's a different like wind direction and speed uh -huh. so you have to shoot it at the right angle and that came yeah. that's one of those uh apps that came with a, a free demo right no, it was free, the uh -huh. first one, and then Paper Toss World Tour. That one cost money, uh -huh. because it has, like, levels. You complete levels by getting three balls into the basket. Uh-huh. And... So you get, a, like, a variety of scenery and... Yeah, and you go around Does anything change besides the scenery and the wind speed, or...? Well, every level, the... Basket gets a little bit further away, so it gets harder and harder. And oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, anything else uh, big on iPod you've been playing a lot of? Tap Tap Revenge. Yes. Yeah. fun. It's pretty much just like Guitar Hero for the iPod Touch. Mm -hmm. You just tap it in the right place when a note comes. Like, you tap it in the circle when the note comes into that circle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just like Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah, Only without a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, not really an instrument either. It's just... Kind of like more of a of a dance dance tap tap. Yeah. It's a tap tap. No. <laughs> well, I've been playing... Uh, I've been playing a weird selection of stuff. Well, one thing we've both been playing is uh, Left 4 Dead, Dead 2. 2. Yeah, we picked that up. Um, and Because uh, we bought Left 4 Dead 1... And the last year, what yeah. with our interest in horror and zombie games, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So we've been enjoying that. Uh, you know, one bummer I feel about it, though, is, you know, we have one Steam account and one copy of oh, Left 4 yeah, Dead. You and I can't play it together. I know. And we can play, we can take turns. It's supposed to be this big co-op game. Yeah. But not for you and me at the same time, you know. That would be fun if we I know, could. It would. It's too bad, you, you know, we can't take the one Steam account and... And co-op, you know, and we have two computers that could play it, but but we can't log into Steam at the same time online. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could buy another copy of the game. Maybe maybe when it goes on a crazy sale, we would create another Steam account. It just seems like... Yeah. I mean, the other game we've been playing uh, <clears throat> and enjoying is New Super Mario Bros. Wii, which yeah. is, you know, that's one thing I always appreciate about Nintendo. You know, give, give you a chance to... Uh, to play co-op on the same console with family in the same room, you know? Yeah. A lot of people have been saying New Super Mario Brothers Wii is really frustrating and, and difficult, you know. But we're on, we, we put in, what, three three solid sessions or yeah, three or four. Yeah, like three and we're on sessions. World what? World 6 yeah. on the last level of it. So we're like almost... Is that the last level? Yeah. Or not the last level of the game, but oh, of, of World wor 6. of World 6, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how many worlds there are in it, but I feel like we're definitely making progression. But what I have felt is you know, it is a frustrating game, you know, especially if you're playing yeah. in co-op because... You're you're both trying to stand on the same tiny little spot and pushing against each other, bouncing <laughs> off each other. And that's part of the fun. I think a lot of people's perception that the game is really difficult just comes from you know it it does play with a sense of frustration with you, you know. Yeah. But you know, I suppose compared to some of the easier Mario games that I've played over the years, like uh, Super Mario World, it is more difficult. But I wouldn't say it's too difficult. For for kids to want to play, would you? No. No. Yeah, it's fun. And yeah. It, it's just harder on co-op. Yeah. With all the bouncing on each other and yeah. each other. <laughs> and trying to jump up, and then your buddy bounces off you and sends you falling to your death. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get your button over really quick to hit that go into a bubble. Oh no, yeah, no. Yeah. We always forget. Yeah. Um. So what else have you been playing on? You've been playing some stuff on your own too. Mm. Yeah. You know what? I'm watching this garage band and I'm just get so nervous. Yeah. I think maybe we, we should, should stop. Stop. Reset yeah. The computer. Just to get a break, make sure we got this captured. We'll be right back. It's good to do things in little segments anyway, from what I hear. So, we'll be right back uh, and continue uh, running through what we're playing. We're back with the Happy Game Family Go podcast, and uh, I'm happier with my garage band now as it's making a nice, smooth uh, waveform instead of that chunky, stuttery one it was doing there. So we're going to go ahead for it and just continue through uh, things that we've been playing. Um, I did, one thing i got to mention is I, I've been buying Peggle in every stupid form it comes out. I bought the... PS3 release of the Peggle, and I had you pick it up for the iPod Touch, and I just think yeah. it's a great game. I don't. I know. It's it's finally somebody captured that falling through the pegs 
uh, gameplay. I don't know if you ever saw any uh, Plinko, the game they did on The Price is Right. It was an old game show. Huh. Still going, actually, but... Yeah. Uh, somebody finally captured that, you know, bouncing ball gameplay oh, yeah, just right. Plinko. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it had different prizes at the bottom and the little thing would... Yeah. Um, so, uh... Playing it on PS3. I haven't done much online play with it, but I know that's one of the big features that it offers, and uh, that was big on Xbox Live, so I know I need to get out there and do some of that. Uh, but I just always got to buy Peggle and beat it on every dumb thing that it puts that they put it out on. So. <laughs> uh, even though it's a cheap game, PopCap has made plenty of money off it on yeah. me. Uh, the iPhone version was was really good, actually. I was a little bit disappointed in the DS version just because it, you know, it was a little chunky um, to control and graphics-wise. Oh. Uh, you know, even though it zoomed in, it seemed a little blocky when it <laughs> zoomed in, the graphics oh. on it. Yeah, and not, not so much on the iPod. <laughs> it's nice and smooth. Uh, although when we first played the iPod version, I, I was like, Really? I'm supposed to roll this little wheel on the side to control it? That's what you're going to do with the iPod Touch? Uh, but it turns out that there were other ways to control it, huh? Yeah. You should probably tap me on the screen. I like that because you can tap where you want to aim. Yeah. And it didn't It didn't mention that in the tutorial. All it told you about I was the scroll wheel. told you about the wheel. Yeah. So, I mean, you tap it once to just aim it where you want. You tap it two times and it'll roll. it'll zoom in. Yeah. And then you can get, you know, real slow, accurate, so. Yeah. Um, I was surprised they didn't use a tilt sensor for Peggle. I know. Yeah, I would have thought that would have been a great way to aim the little gun that shoots the ball on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else have I been playing? I've been, had a lot of spare time uh, being laid off, so uh, uh, I've been playing a lot of Super Stardust HD on the uh, PS3. It was a game that I had picked up a while ago and been into. And just, you know, it's crazy. It's a that Zen reflex twin six stick shooter uh style of gameplay. Uh and it's really helped me out uh while I've been uh, uh having a lot of spare time, you know, I'm trying to keep my time structured and do good things with it, so uh playing super hello, hold on one second. Somebody's coming in. Uh, hi, Josh. What can we do for you? We're right in the middle of something. What's going on? I want to listen to you. Oh, okay. Josh is going to come in and listen. <laughs> he must have gotten bored since he beat <laughs> Resident Evil 4. Hey, how did you like Resident Evil 4? I loved it. You remember? What would you say? I loved it. You loved it? Uh, how'd you do? <laughs> uh, so we were just reading up on GameFAQs on how you can... Uh, Get all them crazy infinite weapons that you saw on the YouTube playthroughs with it. Are you going to do any of that, or is it just too hard? How'd you do on that round of mercenaries? How many points? 10,000. 10,000? <laughs> so you need 30 to unlock a character. And you need 60 to get 5 stars with all characters on all maps to get that uh, the hand cannon weapon. Okay. Are you going to do it? No. No. I, I, I also decided I... I really uh, wish it was easier to get. Yeah, I really don't have the commitment for that kind of demand. Maybe there's some type of cheat code I can find. Yeah, maybe look it up on GameFAQs or something. Um, what what else? Anything else I've been playing? I bought, I bought uh, Call of Duty Classic. I downloaded that on uh, the PS3. <clears throat> you know, because 
that it was only out on PC, and I played the whole uh, Medal of Honor series that uh, was out on PS One, and then uh, I actually moved over to GameCube to continue playing Medal of Honor. So I've been playing that. That's got the same kind of play mechanic as Modern Warfare, which I borrowed uh, uh, from Rich. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, where you pull the one trigger and it kind of zooms in. And yeah, then you pull the I like that. And it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know, the, obviously the graphics are rougher, but I wanted to play the whole series. The bummer is is that they never put out Call of Duty 2 for PS3. So now I got Call of Duty Classic for PS3. I don't have a 360. You do, but I got to get my own if I'm going to add a game to my library, you know. Uh, and they put out Call of Duty 3 for PS3 and 4, uh, Modern Warfare and World at War and, and uh, Modern Warfare 2, but there's no way I can play Call of Duty 2 on PS3. So these uh, kind of gaps in the library really tick me off. <laughs> Same way I felt about Condemned, uh, why they w- would bother to put that out for PS3 when you can't pick up the first one. <laughs> I know. It just irritates me. But... Uh, all the same, I don't have a 360, and I didn't want to wait, so I bought Call of Duty Classic for that, and I'm playing it. And I went online, played it a little bit. You can play but, online on Call Yeah, yeah, it's online Fragfest, just like uh, uh, Modern, Modern Warfare. Warfare. And it, in fact, it's just like it, too, because there was some dude with a accent I couldn't place just being a jerk on it. And I was like, where do I mute this guy? I don't want to hear his... I am the best in the world, and you will die at my hands. And You know, he wasn't any better than anyone else. I'd shoot him, but then he'd be like, how dare you shoot me? Just because you have a headphone on doesn't mean that you can not shut up for a minute. You know, I don't know. That's my problem with online, you know, multiplayer. That's why a lot of times I like multiplayer with the family and co-op and things like that. Uh... I think that about runs through my list. I have been using my MacBook uh, to play an old first-person shooter set in the Star Trek universe called Voyager Elite Force, um, which some people may have played on PS2. Sometimes I like to blast from the past and go back and play some old things. And that one... Uh, uh, oh, hi, Sabrina. How are you? What's going on? Um, that one just runs on the Quake 3 engine, so I could get it to run in, in higher definition in widescreen uh, just because a lot of people figured out how to do that for Quake 3, and so oh. I learned how to, which file to go in to make the custom settings and, and set it That's up. So it looks like. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold oh, on. We're <laughs> recording right now. Would you want to give us just a second? <laughs> okay, so that's some person on your phone. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else you been playing? Noah, you had a couple that, that you wanted to run through. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bloons Tower Defense 4. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a bunch of that. You can, like, level up in it. And I'm level 42, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's basically just, like, you probably all know what, like, Tower Defense games are and stuff. Yeah. You ba- you're basically... There's all these balloons coming out of this one, um, passageway kind of entrance, Mm -hmm. and they go through this big path, and they go out the exit, and if they do that, you start losing health, Mm -hmm. and 
you buy new towers and new monkeys because you defend your you pop yeah. all the balloons with monkeys. With monkeys, okay. Yeah, and um, you can get upgrades for your mon monkeys, and as you rank up, you get different types of towers and better upgrades. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun and addicting, and it's just a little online flash game. Yeah, and that's uh. Number four, you played the other ones too, though, right? Yeah. You mentioned that the other, in our lost Dark. segment, that yeah. you went through one day and played all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and you tried out the original desktop tower defense too. Yeah, right? I tried that uh, yesterday. That's cool. We uh, another tower defense game that I do want to pick up sometime is a Pixel Junk Monsters. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, which they just put out for PSP. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, one, oh, one thing we did buy was Pixel Junk Shooter. We played, a, like, a level or two of that co-op. That's pretty oh, fun. Oh, yeah, I remember. That yeah. was fun. We should come back to that uh, after we're done with the new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah. It's just there's too many co-op games going on at once. So we're going to have to finish that Mario Brothers. And now you're back at school. I'm not sure when we're going to have time to do it. Yeah. We'll find time. We'll do it on the weekends. We'll make time. School. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? Anything? A uh, little big plant. Mm-hmm. I've been playing that a bunch with my friend Calvin, mm -hmm. and we haven't been playing any stories on co-op, like any of the story mode levels, mm -hmm. but we've just been playing a lot of online levels right. with each other, Yeah, and it's really fun. It's cool finding new levels that people make. And well, give, them a, give the people a shout out. What are the best online uh, levels for Little Big Planet you got going right now? Um, Recommendations for people. Blonde LBP Blonde Survival mm -hmm. is a really fun one. It's just like you're in this big building and you start off at the top floor and all these blondes that are filled with dynamite start blowing up the whole building. Uh -huh. They fall from the sky and you have to get to the bottom of the building and go out of the building and then you win. And if you die, then you just, you know, it's the end of the level. Cool. Yeah, and another one is Train Bomb Survival. Mm -hmm. I like Bomb Survivals. I can't remember who it's from, but it's really fun. You're in this train, you start up at the back of it, and then you press this button to start the level, and it's a big red button. And then you just run through the train, and bombs are falling out from the sky. Mm -hmm. And you... um. Just have to. It's a lot like Blonde Survival, except you're in a train and you have to get to the. Except it never ends until yeah. you die. And you like those levels because they're just crazy and yeah. it's just survival. Yeah. That's cool. And you just picked that up for a PSP too with uh, some yeah. Christmas money, didn't you? Yeah. What, what do you think of the PSP version of it? I think it's fun, except there's only like two layers because you move back. And you go into like a different layer of yeah, the foreground, floor. background thing yeah. from Little Big Planet. Yeah, there there was three on the PS3, and now there's two on the PSP. But other than that, it's pretty much the same. And it's fun. Jeez, I think I'd like the two layers better because the three yeah, layers. Yeah, it's actually is... not as hard. Yeah. Yeah. A little less confusing. Yeah, but the only thing that one of the only things that suck mm -hmm. is that. On the when you want to get play on a level that someone else created, mm -hmm. you um have to uh download it 
like, and there's only five on every page, so that kind of sucks. If there's, like, 3,000 pages and you're looking through to find a cool one, mm-hmm. it takes forever. It takes a lot longer to browse through the levels, huh? Yeah. Uh. So you have to download the levels also, right, which cool. sucks. But then you get to play them as much as you can, and you don't have to, like, search for it again. Nice. Yeah. So what are you going to do with your gaming now that you're uh, you're out of the Resident Evil 4? Josh, have you got anything in mind coming up next? Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to still try and play the Mercenaries once I just take a little break because I really want the hand cannon unlimited ammo yeah. sh- Chicago typewriter. Do you want to try any of the other Resident Evil games that um, I have? Or? I'll try them out later, but right now I just want to finish up Mercenaries. Still totally in love with number four. Yeah, that's it's a cool. pretty fun game. Well, then that's the only one I have for Wii. I mean, you played it on Wii, uh, so you're used to that control scheme, and uh, they didn't put out number five for Wii. They're thinking about, I read that they're thinking about putting Resident Evil 5 out for PS3 with their motion control wand thing they're coming out with. Huh. Uh, that would control similar, but we're just going to have to wait and see on that. Just gonna have to wait. The Wii controller is just so popular. Everyone wants to make their own controller. And get <laughs> yeah, Xbox, exactly. Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how they do. Uh, there's just a big mystery right now as to what what the Natal, that's the 360 one, what that'll turn out to be like and what the PS3 one will turn out to be like. Well, okay, we should probably break for a little bit, and then when we come back, we will bring Monica up. Uh, my wife, Monica, your, your mother, Mommy. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you can, uh, you, Noah, and Monica can talk a little bit about World of Warcraft, if you like. All right. And you too, Josh, if you want to join in. I'll talk a little bit about it. Okay, cool. All right, folks, we'll be right back uh, in just a moment with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. <laughs> Back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. That's my crazy name for it. I'm sitting here with Josh and Noah, and joining us now is Monica, who is my wife of 15 years and the mother to my children, as, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no way that could be fake. Um, and uh, I brought Monica up to join our discussion because she's also been gaming quite a bit uh, in the last year. Why don't you tell the people on the internet what your favorite game is? World of Warcraft. Aha. And the uh, the two boys we're here with are also playing, or have been, have played World of Warcraft as well. But nobody's well, okay. got the amount of commitment to it, uh, especially lately, that, that you have. Well, that's because kids me. are fickle. They are. They, just, they drift away. Oh, we, me and Noah played it for like a year, just nonstop. Uh-huh. You know, over the summer, we'd stay up 3 in the morning, do nothing but playing, I know. wake up at 9 and play more. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you guys were trying to hit level 80. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big I push. got to it so fast, my, um, you, well, you'll find out later. What? The, okay, so I was at level 63 for a while. And then, a long time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, because I was at level 63 for, like, 
three weeks, leveled up to 64, and leveled up to 65 in like three weeks. And that was level 65 for about three or four months. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, but then after that, I leveled up to 80 in about... Yeah, once you saw how easy it was for me to get to 80, and we were, I was helping out Questy, and you boomed up real fast. Yeah, I got to 80 in about three or four weeks. It wasn't even that long. It probably took like... A week and a half. <laughs> so what is this mysterious world of Warcraft game you're describing? As if I have never even oh, known. What are you doing? It's an MMORPG. Massive multiplayer online role-playing game. And... <laughs> basically, you just... You start off at level 1 with whatever race and class you want to be. And then... You do quests, which is pretty much just like missions in other games. Mm -hmm. And you have to kill a certain thing or find a certain thing or kill someone, discover some place, do stuff like that. And then you go turn the quest and you get XP. And the more and more XP you get, the more you level up. Mm -hmm. And you get money. It sounds like a lot of RPGs, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so what is so compelling about... World of Warcraft compared to... Because your mom and I actually... Uh, Mark, if you want to let, let the people know, we, we used to play uh, RPGs together oh, that yeah, had co-op. We have Baldur's Gate and Champions of Norath. Mm -hmm. um, World of Warcraft has a lot of the same appeal. You know, it's... Those are dungeon crawlers, World of Warcraft. You know, you can choose to go into dungeons, but you don't have to. But it's still the same, you know, hack and slash kill your enemies, rack up XP, get loot. It's got all of the, you know, appeal of killing and shopping that we always liked about all of those other RPGs. You know, you get focused on upgrading your gear as you level up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing I also like about it is uh, the auction house because I enjoy making money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's got a, an economy that you're playing with. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. there's the auction house is basically just like, the big worldwide store in the World of Warcraft. Yeah, where like people you just, post things. Yeah, you can put in your auctions. Depending on how good the item is, the more it'll sell for. And some people just go crazy, put worthless things like chicken eggs in for thousands of gold. Sounds like eBay. Yeah, <laughs> it is a lot like eBay. People put in things, uh, you know, either things that they've gotten in drops from enemies you know things that they've crafted themselves because you can you can learn professions you can make armor weapons whatnot you can also just gather herbs or minerals or skin animals mm -hmm. um people will sell that kind of stuff in the auction house you know because just about anything you find somebody needs it for something right yeah and the profession professions are ba there's a wide variety of them. blacksmithing leatherworking Herbalism, mining, skinning, tailoring, um, jewel crafting. What would you say that that appeals to you? I mean, because there was other games that you would play, not in co-op with me, that you know you had interest in before uh, on GameCube. You know, Animal Crossing, mm -hmm. and uh, even before that was um, Harvest Moon on Nintendo sixty-four. Uh, where is it a scratch kind of a similar itch what you're doing in the auction house uh in World of Warcraft to those kind of games? Well, I, I don't know if I could really compare it 
specifically. I, the reason I like it is because it, you know, they call it the World of Warcraft because it really is a whole world. You don't have to go out questing. You know, if you're done questing, you can go hang out in the auction house, you know, see what kind of gear is available, see what kind of stuff you have to sell, or you can go fishing. Yeah. Or you can go looking for materials to level or up your cooking that skill. Was, fishing was an Animal Crossing. <laughs> you can um, do like dungeons and raids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can stuff, and that's why I really. Well, like you're to the get... big raider out of yeah. there. Mom likes to get my. That's the multi-person. Yeah, me and Noah are the big raiders. Or you can strip all off the... all your clothes and dance naked in public. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's pretty much anything to do, no matter what time of day. Yeah. The point is, yeah. there's no specific pressure to do anything special you know so i suppose in that sense it's like um animal crossing or harvest moon you know you're not on a deadline there's not a clock counting down you can level up as fast as you want or not really worry about leveling up at all yeah and there's oh yeah and you can twink which is just level up to a certain level which which is usually usually isn't it like 19 yeah usually 19 and it's usually for the level 80 richer characters yeah because they just Make a character get to level 19 and then buy this awesomely great gear and then enchant it to make it even yeah, better and then just, don't just level up. And yeah, and I still don't get why people do that though. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know what the point is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't understand what twinking refers to. Well, it's just having a low level character but gearing him up so that he can cause damage like a high level character. Is that for like player versus player? You sucker somebody in but then you totally whoop them with all this gear that you shouldn't be able to have? Yeah. Well, and none of you guys are very much into the player versus player aspect of it, are you? Sometimes every once in a while I go in and I'm mad at some horde. Oh yeah, there's horde and alliance. Right, right. We're all alliance. Yeah, alliance... Dude, Nobody's but, playing any horde characters. Well, I have a horde usually character. Usually we but make I, we yeah. have horde characters, but our mains are all the time players. we make characters and just get them to level, get them to like level 10. eleven at the top. I have and a blood elf for level about twenty. Oh yeah, played her in a long time. Oh, I have a paladin that's level thirty-three. Yeah, thirty-three. Ah, cool. And then, and then all the different classes for horde and alliance. There's just. Anything from humans to Draenei to orcs to blood elves. Well, tell me about, Monica, tell me about recent developments. They came out with um, the fall of the Lich oh, King. Yeah. How long she ago? Very long? Well, yeah, that's a raid, that. though. I haven't yeah. played yeah. that. It was just a few weeks ago, though. You can't single player or, no. or no. small stuff group? No, like that. You can't. Yeah. So, yeah. really, that's, but isn't that like the storyline conclusion to the whole Wrath of yeah, the, the Lich King? King. Yeah, that's yeah. the last patch they're doing. Before they put out the next expansion, because it just opened up the dungeon mm -hmm. to kill the Lich King, mm -hmm. his final boss. In yeah, the and the Lich King's the main bad, bad guy, guy of the whole expansion that just came out, Wrath of the Lich King. Mm. So you're not really all that interested in pursuing the storyline through the conclusion. Well, it's not that I'm not interested in the conclusion of the storyline, I just don't really raid. Mm. Yeah. You know, the thing about raiding is that you have to have, you have to have a lot of time to be able to devote to it. You know, a lot of time at specific times when other people are going. Yeah, on you the gotta raid. get in a raiding. You know, you almost that... have to schedule it like you're schedule scheduling a job. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard to do as a parent. 
Well, I mean, and when then you got to hop when you up, have a job and yeah, you know yeah. you're sharing your computer yeah, with and other people, and you have a family and other things to do. I like being able to just get on and you know play when I feel like it and do what I want. It's a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. You got to keep track of your gear and make sure you're up to date so you can do raids like. Well, yeah. The bigger raids. If I wanted to raid before I could raid, I'd have to start doing yeah, a bunch of uh, heroics to be able yeah, to just get geared before heroics. anybody would even let me go on a raid. Yeah. Because yeah. heroics are just stuff for starter starters who are just beginning to raid. Raids are range from 10 people to 25 people. Mm. So, and heroics are just 5 people in just the small dungeons that are increase the... Those so are if the you're not raiding, you really can't get to the end of the storyline content for, for Follow the Lich King, then. That's kind of you, you couldn't play it solo. Mm. No. Maybe in heroics with really powerful, leveled-up people. Yeah. But it would really be a challenge, huh? Yeah. yeah, the Follow the Lich King dungeon is supposedly extremely hard. You have to have the best geared people. Mm. Like, yeah. Like... Unimaginably good geared people to even attempt to kill the Leech King. Do you think yeah. you'll ever find a way to give it a try? Well, I'd have to. I'd have to start doing heroics and get some gear, and mm-hmm. you know, then have the time to be able to schedule. You know, to get in on a scheduled raid. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah, after your kids are all grown up. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you are. Because you can get in raids that aren't part of guilds that just start, like, randomly all the time with just free people. Well, yeah, you like, always see people in trade chat those trying ones to... are very unreliable. Like, yeah, a lot of them harder. fail. Because none of the people know each other and none of the people know well, how to and also, you know, if somebody gets bored or gets killed, they just might they just bail. Yeah, well, I read that the um, not fo- part of a guild. I read that mm-hmm. as part of the Follow Lich King patch that they've made better raiding tools. Like, They're... You could put a raid together across multiple servers. Yeah, easier. Oh, it's not. They're gonna make it so you can get a raid together from people across all realms. So it's a lot easier to get good people and get more people faster. Yeah. Instead of just trying to find the best, the twenty-five best geared people on your realm, you can find the best twenty-five people have all eleven million people playing. Mm. Yeah, and with the looking for group feature, now they make it so that. You can't join looking for group if your gear isn't good enough for the dungeon. No. Oh. So. So you're not going to be clogging up that list of yeah, people if yeah, they don't I'm want you anyway. Yeah, I'm way under-geared noob trying to get into a massive ice continental raid. Yeah. Well, do you guys think you'll play World of Warcraft forever? I mean, is there anything about it that uh, has you, you know burn out on it ever or is it just I'm I'm not bored with it you know I the thing is there's enough to do in it that even if you get a character up to level 80 there's still still a bunch yeah there's still a bunch you can do even with that character you know you can get into raiding you can gear up you can do heroics uh once I got my first character to level 80 I worked on all of her skills I got all of her skills maxed up because I you know really wanted to do that Mm -hmm. you know and also, you can have more than one character. And there's achievements that you can just go out and try yeah, to Yeah, I like the achievements. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was this big raiding guild on um, Malfurion called the Senzio. Oh, they yeah, were a big, giant raiding guild. Like, top of the line, best raiding guild ever. And then they all apparently... Fell apart? 
Yeah, they all <laughs> fell apart on a big <laughs> argument. Half of them wanted to still raid, and half of them wanted Want to do achievements. Do achievements. So kill. some some of them were so into doing achievements and that stuff they that they switched their characters to different realms, realms to join a guild. Yeah, that was yeah. another thing I started doing with galleys too, was getting achievements, achievements that I didn't already have. Well, I want to uh, I want to take another paranoid break because my garage band is doing that chunky uh, waveform thing, but. Uh, we'll come back and talk with Monica a little more, a little bit, just about the parenting perspective, because it's also, uh, bedtime for the kids. Y'all have school tomorrow, so. Thanks for, uh, talking to us about, uh, World of Warcraft, and we'll come back and get some updates on it, uh, should we decide to keep doing this podcast, okay? You guys down with that? Yeah. All right. Yep. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the Happy Game Family Go podcast. Folks, welcome back to the Happy Game Family Go podcast. If you like my title, Monica. It's cute. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my wife, Monica. We've got the kids in bed, and we're just uh, taking a little time. Maybe we'll do this uh, every time at the end of the podcast. Uh, call it bedtime or something, where we can just talk more uh, grown-up to grown-up about uh, being parents of gaming kids and being gamers ourselves and what that's like. Uh, I know one of the uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to distinguish in this podcast from a lot of other fam- family gaming podcasts is they all seem to have their primary concern about you know what's appropriate for children and what you know the rating systems are and you know it seems to be the the main thing that comes up when the words family and gaming come up together and. It, it's not really the focus of this podcast, but I wondered if you wanted to. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, everybody else on the podcast got a nice proper inter- introduction where they, you know, they got to just introduce themselves and say a couple things about their earliest experiences with gaming. I wondered if you wanted to do some of that. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay, well, uh, is there anything that you wanted to talk about, uh, you know, with... Uh, what I brought up in the first place then, you know, being a, a parent who allows kids to play games that are mature teen, you know, is a decision that we kind of made together and uh, what you think about our approach and, and how it works for us and how, uh, you know, because there are other parents out there that make that same decision and how we can represent that side and not, you know, maybe necessarily be demonized so much uh, as in representing that side. Hmm. Well, I guess, first of all, I don't necessarily feel demonized. You know, I, I know that there are parents who, you know, would prefer to, you know, to be more selective about what they allow their kids to play. You know, and most likely they're also selective about what kinds of TV shows they watch and what kinds of movies they watch. And I respect that. You know, it just isn't the choice that we made. I think we kind of figured that it's entertainment, it's fiction... I don't think that so far in all the years that the kids have either seen us play M-rated games or play those games themselves, I haven't really seen any evidence that that playing those games has made our kids more violent or disturbed in any way. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, think they're well able to distinguish reality from fantasy. Well, I think that's important. I actually think that, um, you know, uh, being able to explore ideas in, in fantastical settings or, or fictional or escapist settings is is kind of a, a event uh, for kids. Because, you know, I mean, one way or another, they're going to be exposed to ideas of, of violence or uh, concepts of that. And a lot of the things about the rating systems, you know, and how they exist, you know, in movies, you know, it's like violence is okay from the good guy, you know, to accomplish X goal, you know, or or even really arbitrary things like, you know, a movie is rated PG if it contains X swear word three or less times, but if it contains it four or more times, then it's crossed the line, you know. Right. So, well, so, people know. tend to freak out about sexual content a lot more than violence also. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's probably less at play in games, really. I mean, I just... I mean, it's true maybe with, uh, for example, the Grand Theft Auto and the hot coffee uh, uh, controversy and everything, but it really hasn't come up uh, in games... Uh, beyond that, I don't think where I think with games, it's primarily violent content that that worries people. I mean, as a mother, uh, you know, have you? What is your stance really on on violent content? You know, not transferring into uh, kids. Do you think just the fact that you know we build a healthy distinction on what is is fiction and what is reality and what's acceptable in a fictional setting and what's acceptable in a reality setting is, is most mostly what you need to prevent anything bad coming from that? Or Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that there's necessarily a formula. I don't think that kids are really formed by their entertainment as much as they are formed by the values that we communicate to them in other ways. You know, it's not like our kids see a lot of violence, actual violence. You know, we don't you know, we don't live in, you know, we don't live in a location or a situation that's fraught with violence. We aren't in a country, yeah, our country is at war, but not right here in our country. Yeah. You know, the kids don't see shootings every day. They don't see beatings every day. Uh, you know, they're not always showing up at school wondering which kids aren't going to be there anymore. There's There's really no actual violence in their lives, so... I think that in the absence of that, I don't think that watching fantasy violence really really would give them a taste for that. Yeah. What do you think about the situations where where a kid's actual violence, you know, I mean, we actually, if, if we stay in the neighborhood that we're in right now, our kids will be going to Columbine High School for their high school, you know, the infamous high school of the shootings. Uh, from a few years back, uh, what do you think about the situations where where the media has portrayed, you know, a kid's participation in the violent video games as training ground for their real life violence? Well, I don't really see how any video games that those kids played train them to commit the Colum Columbine shootings. Yeah, I mean, how how would that play out? Well, it's the same thing that you know. God, I mean, it was heavy metal, you know, 10, 15 years earlier, some, some kid, uh, uh, 
some kid's violence was blamed on his listening to heavy metal music, you know. Well, yeah, I just, I hadn't realized that uh, the two Columbine shooters had played any games that were blamed for for the shooting. I had, I don't know, I had heard Marilyn Manson mentioned, but mm, not yeah. any games. Yeah, well, they played a lot of Doom, oh. apparently, <laughs> and people said, oh, well, there you go, that's, that's how they learned to shoot. Well, I think in the end, the strongest conclusion drawn from the Columbine shootings wasn't that they were influenced by video games so much as they were influenced by, um, you know, by depression and by rage and alienation. Yeah. You know, it seems to me that, you know, the more level-headed conclusions drawn weren't drawn by the media. <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, and, you know, that, from from my perspective, it's always the new media that the kids are getting involved with that the parents don't really understand that does get demonized whether it's be video games or or new and unfamiliar forms of music or even going back 50 60 years to where people were afraid that comic books were going to cause you know rampant immorality in the youth of america and they they first set up the the comics code you know and got rid of uh, all the the dark noir comic books and you know then everything became uh, went through some particular government censorship back then, you know. It just seems to be that the, what parents don't understand that their kids participate in kind of automatically gets blamed as having an external influence on their parent, you know, on their on their children's behavior. Um, and you know, for my for my money, it seems like it's the parents' influence that is always the most uh, uh, pervasive in a kid's life. You know, if parents are violent, you know, it, that seems to translate a lot more into violent children than mm -hmm. anything the kid does, you know, separately. Um, well, yeah, it doesn't mean that a kid's only going to be violent if, if they have violent parents, but... I don't think that an otherwise normal, healthy, well-adjusted kid who plays violent video games is going to go on a killing spree just because of those games. Mm -hmm. You know, just because some kid plays games and then goes out and shoots a bunch of other kids, you can't really say that the game is responsible and that that kid, without the influence of the game, never would have done that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Now, you got to watch, along with me, the latest... Uh... That, that scene from the Modern Warfare 2 that, that Josh recently picked up. Did you get to see that? Oh, I never saw it. I just oh, heard about it. Oh, okay. I thought you were sitting there that day. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I may have been, but I don't think I was paying any attention to it. I was uh, playing my own game. <laughs> well, in the in the scene, basically, I mean, you know, I've read various opinions that, uh, that the scene's depicted with varying degrees of sensitivity, but uh, you play an American uh, agent who is uh, kind of a sleeper infiltrator of this uh, Russian, or not, of this terrorist cell that then attacks a, a Russian airport and basically goes on a terrorist attack just mm -hmm. gunning down uh, Russian citizens, you know, and then when, and then according to the plot of the game, I am really spoiling a lot of the game for people out there, but uh, according to the plot of the game, you know, you don't really have to participate in the shooting along with these other terrorists, but you can, you can gun down innocent people. Uh, and then at the end of the scene, the American agent, uh, you know, it, 
it doesn't really matter what decision you made, whether or not to shoot Russian citizens or not, mm. as for the fate of this American agent. Uh, and his participation in the attack turns out to have horrible consequences uh, for the whole world. Um, I don't know. Do, do you have any thoughts on that kind of scene? On, on how that kind of thing should best be handled for, for kids playing it? Because, you know, Josh has been able to play through it, and he's... He's done it uh, uh, in a way that, uh, you know, he expressed his opinion on this podcast that he didn't think it would be a problem, you know, that, that there's millions of kids out there playing this game. And so if it was a cause-effect scenario, wouldn't we have millions of kids becoming terrorists as a result of it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a game, you know. Kids play lots of different scenarios and games. I'm sure Modern Warfare 2 isn't the first game that put you in the role of being a terrorist. Hmm. I mean, seriously, is it the first game ever in the history of video games where you are a terrorist? I'm sure not. I mean, or a you Nazi, know. or no, no, definitely not. <laughs> Interesting. You know, though. the fact is, these terrorists may be killing innocent people, but they're imaginary terrorists and they're imaginary innocent people. It's a game. Yeah. It's you know, a construct I mean, for people you know, to I can explore read, ideas. I can read a book about terrorists killing people. That's not going to turn me into a terrorist. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you think then about the rating system and and all this fear that, that a lot of parents seem to have about the influence of media on their kids? Well, first of all, I think that parents have probably a number of different reasons why they would want to pay attention to the rating system and control what their kids watch. I don't think it's all fear-based. I don't think it's all based on a perception that allowing kids to play violent games will make their kids violent. So, you know, I, I, I think some of it is just, you know, wanting to let kids be kids and, you know, save some things for when they're older, you know. Mm -hmm. Let a five-year-old kid be an innocent five-year-old kid playing cute stuff like Mario. You know, there's for no need... As possible. There's yeah. no need to rush kids into these things. But it's kind of like, uh, you know, I can remember when I was a kid and I wanted to have sweets and uh, my mom would keep the sweets away from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, uh, it became an obsession getting a hold of sweets. You right. know, I would find the uh, container of Oreos and mm -hmm. I wouldn't just sneak an Oreo or two. I'd power the whole thing down because, you know, who knows when I would find the Oreos again. Right. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's why that's why you give a little, you know, you don't necessarily forbid anything entirely, you know. If your mom had given you a cookie once in a while, you would <laughs> She did. I don't mean to make it sound like, you know, she never gave me any sweets, but... Uh, you know, you, you can let your kid have sweets without giving your kid, you know, all of the cookies and candy that they want. You know, you let them have a treat, but you don't let them eat sweets three meals a day. You know, with games, yeah, a kid might want to play something that you're not ready for your kid to play. You kind of have to make that call as a parent, you know, based on you know, based on how you want to be as a parent and how you want to raise your kids and, you know, whether or not you want to feel like if you're going to play those games, you're only going to do it when your kids aren't around. Yeah. Or whether you just want to take a break from playing those kind of games while you have young kids. I don't think it's fair to say that every parent who makes those choices is doing it out of fear. The other, the only other point that I would make, really just as a devil's advocate counterpoint, is that you've always had me there to to inform you you know the content of whatever the game is i mean there was hardly ever a game that came out that the kid would 
kids at all would indicate interest in or you know more often than not I, I had interest in the game and picked it up mm. but you know I knew you know from reading it or playing it reading about it or playing it what was in these games uh, there are a lot of parents out there that just aren't gamers at all well I mean the thing is a lot of these games are games that I'm not personally interested in playing but I would always tend to err on the side of being fairly lenient you know there wasn't really much that was censored for me when I was a kid you know not in terms of video games but I could read whatever I wanted you know it's not like when I was in elementary school I could only read things that were considered age-appropriate for my particular age mm -hmm. you know I could read some very adult material and same here if it wasn't for Stephen King I probably wouldn't have found you know any love of reading you know it was his writing style and finding that in maybe sixth grade and the beginning of junior high that that really got me running uh, you know digesting novels and enjoying that as something to do for entertainment right but i mean honestly you know whether i had you around to fill me on, in on the specifics on particular games you know i'm more than capable of of looking up reviews of games myself and getting information if i were really concerned about it you know most likely if my kids were interested in a, in a game I, i'd let them play it even if it wasn't something that I was specifically interested in. A lot of these games are shooters, and I just think they're boring, personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there does tend to be a sameness. But I do think, you know, the main threat from video games is just that if that's all a kid is doing, then, you know, that makes for kind of a boring kid. Mm, good point. You know, well, I think uh, we could we could wrap it up there <laughs> if you wanted and come back and... Okay. Uh, brevity is the soul of wit in podcasting I've heard and we've actually got a pretty substantial show also I've been very nervous about this uh, recording you know that it will freeze and we'll lose all our progress and, and, and good recording so uh, I think we could wrap it up there and maybe come back and call this an episode I'll do a, a final just closing thoughts probably just myself just to wrap it up and <laughs> Then we can uh, all pr I'll produce it out and we can all listen to it and you can let me know if you want me to put this thing on the internet, okay? Cool beans. All right. <laughs> yeah, and if we come back and do it again later, you want to join us and do it some more? Sure. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we should be back in just a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, Internet. Uh, this is just me hoping to record uh, the conclusion here to the Happy Game Family Go podcast, uh, our first episode, a prototype episode, wherein I try out the format and uh, we explore what we like doing uh, and hopefully find something that we are going to uh, like moving forward with and to continue to produce for you. Uh, like to thank you uh, for finding us on the internet and tuning in. Uh, our f episode number for this episode was officially episode 000 as the prototype. I think it went pretty well. There are some things uh, I know that I, uh, looking back, wish I could have been a little more eloquent about, but uh, uh, overall I was pretty happy with it. Uh, some of the topics that we discussed are very uh, topical for family gaming and our approach uh, 
towards some of those topics is a little bit unique compared to some other podcasts that I've uh, listened to or other viewpoints that I've heard. So uh, hopefully you will find that uh, a, that particular viewpoint is of merit to you and your family or in your gaming, whether you have a family or not. Um, I would like to go ahead and say that if there are any questions or comments for this podcast, uh, we will be happy to receive those. I, as the dad in the Happy Game family, will go ahead and screen everything that comes through uh, and anything that is meritous and appropriate will go uh, ahead and be forwarded to the appropriate family member. The email address you can send those questions or comments to will be happygamefamily at yahoo.com. Um, I may be changing that in the future, but that's what we'll work with on the prototype. Hopefully you'll find this podcast on an iTunes feed moving forward. Uh, additionally, uh, I should be able to shortly launch a website uh, where you can also find uh, links to the latest episode of this podcast uh, and hopefully the archive as well at happygamefamily.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, I have yet to solidify the schedule for publication of this podcast. I'm hoping it will come out on Wednesdays each week, uh, but we will see about that moving forward. And once again, thanks for your interest, Internet, and may you, yourself, and your family have happy game memories moving forward. Cats are nice. Cats are nice. Family Go Podcast.